Okay, we've been going through First and Second Thessalonians, and just like we did when we went through First Thessalonians, we were introduced to the concept of the rapture. We took a whole lesson to basically kind of flesh out the concept of the rapture. Remember, we did that. Now we've come to Second Thessalonians, and in chapter two, we're introduced to a guy who is referred to as the son of perdition, or the, 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 the son who is to be doomed. And it's basically the Antichrist. So what we want to do is, is we want to take a break from Thessalonians and have a couple of lessons, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to have one lesson today, and we're going to have another lesson after this, where we're going to understand who the Antichrist is. You need to have an understanding of that. So you need to understand what the Bible says. Now, why do we want to do this? Well, to be honest with you, a lot of people don't operate by their understanding of the Bible because they don't read the Bible. They don't understand what the Bible teaches. They go by what somebody says or some book they read. So like, for instance, there was a great series out a few, 10 years ago, called the Left Behind series. And it was written by uh, Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins, and it was a very popular series, but it's a work of fiction. Now, it's based on biblical concepts and truths, but it's a work of fiction. So a lot of people read that, and they think, oh, I know everything I need to know about the Antichrist, because it was right there in the series. Yes and no. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's some truths there, but that doesn't mean you know everything you need to know about him. Because most people, in their mind, they think, and this goes all the way back to when Hal Lindsey, how many of you remember a guy by the name of Hal Lindsey? Back in the 70s, he wrote The Late Great Planet Earth. He basically said that the Antichrist would come from Europe. Because at that point, he, you know, the ten-nation confederation, he said would be the EU. Now, the EU is actually 30-some nations now. So, I mean, that's, do you understand? So you've got to be careful what you're picking there as far as your understanding. So, but we want to help you to understand what the Bible says about the Antichrist. So that's what we're going to do here is we're going to study it. Another reason why is because a year doesn't go by when somebody's making a prediction as to who he is. So through the centuries, he's been picked many times. And most of them now are dead. That doesn't mean that that might not be the person, but we want to at least understand what the Bible says. So let's look at the importance of understanding. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Daniel chapter 12. In the Old Testament, Daniel chapter 12, to the closing verses. Now, I'm going to read verses 9 and 10. First of all, let me set it up. The angels have been explaining to Daniel the prophecy that he has seen, and he wants to know more because he's bothered by it. He wants to know more. So notice what the angel said in verse 9. And he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up, sealed till the time of the end. So that words there, he's talking about the prophecy that Daniel has. They're sealed. He's not going to give him any more understanding. What you have in Daniel is the prophecy that Daniel was given to give to us. But look at what the angel continues to say in verse 10. Many shall be purified, made white, and refined. 
But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise shall understand. So what's he talking about there? Well, we're going to explain that here in a moment. All right, so let's take a look at a couple things here. First of all, there is a common misconception that we will not know who he is because of the rapture. Most people will say, if you talk to a lot of, if you listen to a lot of speakers who are in our camp of theology, who are dispensational in their, in our camp, we're dispensational here. In our camp of theology, most will say, well, we'll have no clue who he is. We'll have no clue who he is. Well, hold on. Hold on a minute. You can't be sure about that. You might actually have an understanding as we get closer to the time. Now, let's interact for a moment on that. How is that possible? Because a lot of people believe he won't be revealed until after the rapture. Well, there's nothing that says that that's true. How is it possible that we might know who he is as we get closer to the time? Okay. Bruce hit a, he, he hit a key point here. Peace treaty with Israel. He, he'll work out a peace treaty with Israel. Okay. All right. So that's a key factor. Now, why is that significant? Or first of all, go ahead. What are you going to say, Brian? Well, the, Israel, the Jews will build the temple. That will occur during the tribulation. But it has to do with the peace treaty, and you're right. You're close. So let me just stop for a moment. What does the peace treaty with Israel have anything to do with this? Well, Daniel tells us that the 70th week, the final seven years of Daniel's prophecy, the 70th week begins, which we know as the seven years of tribulation, begins when there is a peace treaty with Israel. Do you understand what I'm saying? When peace is finally brought to Israel. Now let's stop for a moment. Folks, what's the number one thing that's always on the news every week? Somebody's trying to find what? Peace in Jerusalem, right? Everybody. I was amazed one time when I was in Hong Kong and I was looking at the English language Chinese paper there, and they were talking about the premier of China trying to do his part to bring peace to Jerusalem. Now, isn't that interesting? Even the Chinese are involved. We would never even thought that. Do you know what I'm saying? So it is a thing in the world to move that. So if you're a Christian and you're here, the tribulation doesn't begin until what? The peace treaty. So somewhere before that comes the rapture, but obviously you're going to see that it's possible for us to know who he is. Do you understand? So there's a common misconception that we'll not know who he is because of the rapture. In fact, Thessalonians basically implies that he's saying to the Thessalonians, hey, you're going to know it's towards the end when the man of perdition is revealed. So he's kind of telling Christians, hey, you're going to be aware when this son of destruction is revealed, you're going to know it's time. Let's go on. However, as we move closer to the day, the wise will understand. Now, who's the wise? 
Who's the implication of the wise here? If you look at verse 9 and 10, it tells you who are not the wise and the wicked. Who are the wicked? The unsaved people. But the wise will understand as we get closer to the time, is what the angel is saying. You're going to have an understanding as you get closer to the time. And trust me, you're not going to need... I was just down in my office. I was trying to find the map for our picnic so we can get it reproduced. And I must have lost it. But I'm looking through this folder, and here I come up with a full-page ad from the USA Today announcing that Jesus was coming back May 12th. You know, Harold Camping's prediction and the big mushroom cloud and everything. And I thought, it didn't... I wasn't... Fool, I was, you know, saying you're foolish to believe that. That's not wisdom, but as you see the signs based on the Bible, you know that we're getting closer. Do you understand? The wise will understand. Now, the apostle, the apostle John tells us that as we approach the Antichrist coming, other Antichrists will arise. All right, so we're going to talk about the presence of Antichrist here. Look with me at 1 John now. So go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Listen to what John says. Little children, it is the last hour. Okay, so understand something, folks. You're living in the last days. All right? It is the last hour. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Now many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. What is he talking about? Well, there is going to be many people who are like the Antichrist who are going to raise up. I already told you, I mentioned one to you last week. Kim Jong-un. We say he's just the dictator of a little nation who's flirting around with nuclear weapons. How is he the Antichrist? Because he's never going to be the world leader. All right? How's that an Antichrist? Well, who he is and his character makes him an antichrist. What do you mean? He makes war against God's people. Number one place where Christians are persecuted and killed, North Korea. The rulers of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, believes he is a god. They have only one religion in North Korea. It's called Juke. That is the name of the religion. And it believes that Kim Jong-un, his father, and the founder of North Korea were all gods, and they are to be revered. Did you understand what I'm saying? They're to be revered. So here's a guy who is like the Antichrist. He's not the Antichrist, but he's like it. And that's what John is saying here. So John tells us that as we approach the Antichrist coming, other Antichrists will rise up. Hey, we know some from history, right? Who could tell me some antichrist-like figures from history? Hitler, right, because he was making war against God's people who were the what? Jews. Who else? Type of person like that. Stalin, yep. Do you understand? Did you understand what I'm saying? That's an antichrist-like figure. Now, he's dead, right? Hitler's dead. So they're not the Antichrist, all right? So let's go on. So the presence of the Antichrist. Now, let's talk about the names of the Antichrist. Now, I'm going to point out something to you if you want to write this down. 
there are really only three books that talk about the Antichrist. Three books in the Bible that talk about the Antichrist. In the Old Testament, it is the book of Daniel. In the New Testament, it is 1 John and the book of Revelation. Excuse me, I said three books. I forgot that 2 Thessalonians was the fourth book. Now, in each one of those books, he's referred to in a different way. So let's talk about the names of the Antichrist. So in the book of Daniel, there are four ways that he is described. So the first one is he's called the little horn. And that's from Daniel chapter 7. He's called the little horn. Daniel chapter 9, he's called the prince that shall come. Now, when you read it, you might be thinking, oh, he's talking about Jesus, the Messiah. No, that's not the prince he's talking about here. He's describing an evil person. The prince that shall come. Daniel chapter 11, verse 21, he is called the vile person. He's called the vile person. So that's talking about his character and about how evil he is. And then he is also called in Daniel chapter 11, same guy is referred to as the willful king. So here we are, we have one book, same guys being referred to four different ways. Now, let's go to 2 Thessalonians. This is what we looked at last week. He's referred to three different ways here in chapter 2. He's referred to as the man of sin. He's referred to, this is a title, the man of sin. He's also referred to as the son of perdition. Now, perdition means judgment. He is the son of judgment. He is the one who will be judged. And then in chapter 2, verse 9, he's referred to as the lawless one. He is not bound by any law. So think about that. This is a leader who doesn't answer to anybody. Doesn't answer to anybody. First John, he's only referred to as the Antichrist. The Antichrist. What does that mean? Well, Christ means Messiah. Anti is the alpha negative, referring to the negative Messiah. Do you understand? The false Messiah. All right? He's the false Messiah. Revelation... He's referred to in two ways. In Revelation chapter 6, he is the first seal of judgment. Remember the seal judgments? There were seven seal judgments. The very first seal judgment is a rider on a white horse. Now, sometimes when people read that, they'll think it's talking about Jesus. No, a white horse is symbolic of a victorious ruler. So... It's talking about a conqueror on the white horse. So the very first part of the judgments of the tribulation is the Antichrist. Revelation chapter 11, he is also known as the beast. He is known as the beast. That is another title for the Antichrist. Now, any questions about any of these names? Comments? Now we're going to talk about his character. That's where we're going to spend the rest of our time. We're going to talk about four aspects of his character. Four aspects of his character. 
So let's take a look at them. First of all, he is a liar. First John chapter 2, verse 22. The Antichrist is a liar and will speak lies. First thing you need to know about him, he is a politician, obviously. Isn't that what we say about politicians? You know, they, they lie. Well, this guy is obviously a politician. He has to be if he's going to be a world leader. And this guy lies. He lies all the time. Do you, do you understand? You can't believe anything that he says. Now, let me just stop for a moment. We've had leaders like that. I remember I was talking to somebody this week. I remember I was pastoring in Canada at the time when Bill Clinton won his second election. And I remember in Canada, they, they do watch the American news shows. So we're over at somebody's house watching the returns. And I think it was CBS or it may have been ABC. And they had a poll polling people as they came out of the, out of the polling stations. They, here's what they asked. Here, they asked two questions. Number one, how many of you believe that Bill Clinton is a liar? And 75% of the people who voted then said, Bill Clinton is a liar. So 75% of American people who voted were saying in that election, when he won the second election, that he was a liar. Second question, follow-up question was, do you believe that will affect his being the president? And 75% of them said, no won't affect him at all. Now, I was shocked, but that's where we are today. We don't believe that a person's character, think about it, we've had many people who've been in office since then, right? We don't believe that a person's character will affect who they are as a what? Leader. Scary thing, isn't it? But that's who we are in the U.S. But the first thing you need to know about this guy, whoever he is, he is a liar. Very clearly, the scripture talks about that he is a liar. He speaks lies. Second thing I want you to see about him, and this is reflective of his character as well, he's a boaster. The Antichrist will speak haughty and prideful words about himself. This guy can't quit talking about himself. Do you understand what I'm saying? This guy... Very clearly, in Daniel, it talks about that he makes great boasts about himself. Now again, that sounds like a politician, doesn't it? Because whenever you talk about a politician, because they've got to try to, do move, to get votes and everything, they're always talking about how wonderful they are and what wonderful things they're doing for their constituents. Well, here we see in Daniel chapter 7, verse 8, Revelation chapter 13, verse 5, that the Antichrist will speak haughty and prideful words about himself. Now, you stop for a moment. You say, okay, George, that could be anybody. Right? That could be any politician in the world. Well, let's get further down into his character. You're going to see some different things here. Okay? Further down into the two, because, okay, at first that sounds like any politician, right? Right? Sounds like it. Look at the third thing. He is a blasphemer. Whoa, now we're getting a little bit different. A blasphemer. 
The Antichrist will blaspheme God and Jesus Christ. Now we're talking about a guy who mocks any, any religion or mocks anything. In fact, that's what Daniel, Daniel brings out the point that this blasphemer blasphemes any god, not just Christian gods, any god, because he sees himself as a god. Do you understand? Now you say to me, George, we live in the 21st century. Are you telling me that somebody could get that egotistical that they could think that they are a god? Yes, I can. I can see that happening. Why? Because the issue here is an issue that is the chief sin of everyone. It's called pride. And pride can blind you to the point that you believe the craziest, wackiest things. Do you understand? And this guy obviously believes that he's better than God. That he is God. So what I want you to see is is that he is a blasphemer. Now there's one more thing I want to point out to you and we're going to conclude our time. The Antichrist will not answer to anyone and is accountable to no one. He is rebellious. Daniel brings out this point, that the Antichrist does not answer to anyone. He does not hold himself accountable to anyone. He's it. Why should he answer to anyone? First of all, if you're a blasphemer and you think there's no God and you're it, Who do you answer to? Nobody but yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying? Nobody but yourself. And so you you think you're above the law, if there is a law. Do you understand what I'm saying? You think you're above the law. So this is what we see about his character. He's a liar and a deceiver, a boaster, a blasphemer, and he is rebellious. Now next week, Next time we look at this, we're going to talk about the followers of the Antichrist. So you need to understand that. We're going to talk about his power. We're going to talk about his actions. And then we're going to talk about his destruction. Because the scripture says a lot about his destruction.